Would you like me to search your delivery? You are generous as you are divine. Oh, booty queens and booty queens. I don't give a damn what you're entitled to. So, if you don't like it, you can take back your food and your castle and f*** right off. You should treat books with more respect. Welcome to Mystery Pony Fiction, hosted by the Mystery Fluttershy fan. Call of the Wire by Casket Base 77 Chapter 1 Jack.app The gyroscopic protoplow was the third most advanced device in all of Equestria, so said all the radio announcers paid to promote it. The plow's list of features contained words never before heard at Sweet Apple Acres, such as ergonomic and hypoallergenic. In the end though, the specifics hadn't mattered. Big Macintosh's back wasn't getting any less achy with age, and Apple Bloom had memorized a discount code rattled off by one of the teeny bopper talking heads she followed. The eldest brother got a new tool, and the youngest sister could forevermore insist there was value in listening to the Cozy's Glow Pinions podcast, which left the middle sibling as the only one unsatisfied with the outcome. No self-respecting thinking machine would ever admit to feeling threatened by a mindless piece of farm equipment, not even a flashy one strapped to its brother. Still, the bearer of honesty couldn't exactly lie to itself. To solve this quiet personal crisis, it volunteered to supervise Big Macintosh's test run with a new plow. After all, Equestria's third most advanced device would be best judged by Equestria's second most. That harness ain't causing any tension in your letters, is it? Nope. Big Macintosh's head was obscured by an interface visor, but his voice came through, calm and level. This field's got less topsoil than the big one out back. Still want to fire up that thing here? Yup. You sure your withers aren't tense? You're pouring at the ground something fierce. With effort, Big Macintosh reeled in his frustrated hoop taps. There was only one overbearing machine in the field with him, and it wasn't the proto-plow. AJ cared, he knew that, but it was the type of caring which led to pacing circles around him, scanning the safety section of the proto-plow's instruction booklet. Flesh and blood pony hooves lacked the deftness to trot, to hold a thick paperback, and to flip through the pages all at the same time. AJ had not had flesh and blood pony hooves for a very long time. You'd think Sol would go easy on the sunlight so early in the day, AJ fretted. It paused mid-page turn to let its ocular lenses whir and click, adjusting for glare. You feeling lightheaded from the heat? There's a feature to frag that, I'm sure, need to find. Big Macintosh flicked his ears in the pattern the advertisements taught him, and AJ's prattling was drowned out for one merciful moment by an awning being activated. The sunshade stretched and unfurled, briefly obscuring Big Macintosh's vision until the transparency feature activated. As it did, he heard a synthetic snort and the shutting of the instruction booklet. Well, AJ pouted, you're in your soul company to get underway here. Yup. Max swished his tail, another gesture from the commercials, which caused the engine to start up, not with the crude rattle of diesel, but instead an electric hum it was a lot like the noise AJ made whenever it was exerting itself to kick trees. With quiet pride, Big Macintosh appreciated he had his own hum now, 
the main difference being it wasn't inside him, but instead affixed to his shoulders by a comfy harness. Moreover, he'd sought out the harness voluntarily. More, moreover, it could be taken off whenever the wearer wanted. Now that Big Macintosh reflected on it, his hum wasn't like AJ's at all. Breathe please. AJ backed up to provide some startup room. The safety booklet clutched tightly to its chest panel. Yeah. Big Macintosh stammered. He squared his muscular legs and felt the proto-plow shift to match him. No worries, he ventured. AJ was incapable of lying to its brother's face. So it pulled down its hat, the only aspect of Applejack that had survived her own moment of recklessness long ago. Fire damage on a time-worn brim filled AJ's visual senses. No worries, the robot mumbled. Big Macintosh swished his tail again and rocketed forward. Whoa! The protoplow's bulkhead forged ahead, effortless and clean. Big Macintosh had never felt more weightless, even as his legs pumped like pistons past mounds of freshly tilled earth. AJ's legs actually were pistons, and it pumped them in double time to catch up. Four sets of gyroscopes soon found a rhythm that carried AJ close enough to yell in his ear. You're covering out the field in seconds. You sure you're in control of that thing? Big Macintosh's answer was to proudly pivot the protoplow, churning ever more dirt with perfect precision. He swerved around a certain corner of the field, one that had always been difficult to manoeuvre with the old plough. But now he breezed past the mounds of roots in the shade of their source. The two biggest trees in the farm's property, Big Mac allowed a self-indulgent nod to the conjoined trunks of pear and apple, certain the monument to his parents was looking down on him with approval. AJ lopped along in its brother's wake, slightly less equipped than he was to traverse the root mounds. The calling fan in its chest was whirring fiercely, so AJ slowed to a stop in the shade. This grove was a place of ease, so long as AJ tersely averted its oculars from the third grave near the braided tree trunks. On your left, Applejack. AJ flinched, first at hearing that full name, and then again as Big Macintosh shot past her on his second lap around the fallow field. His tailwind followed, blowing AJ's synthetic hair in every direction. Despite itself, AJ grinned. Joy at the protoplow's success was contagious, and AJ had learned to live vicariously through others. It was sure that the field was already halfway tilled, and in a few more laps, it'd be ready for planting. A day's work done in a minute, done by a normally stoic Clydesdale giggling-like colt with his new toy. Out of earshot, at least until Big Mac looped back again, AJ offered its own thoughts to the shade of the branches of family members gone. Sorry I worry for his safety, Applejack. Surging with new heat at addressing its template, AJ reflexively reached to pull its hat down. Its hoof touched cranial plating and nothing else. Huh? Where? On your left again. A new, less enjoyable burst of tailwind blasted dirt and hair into AJ's oculars. It frantically wiped the obstructions away, scanning the field for the missing hat. A desperate prayer to soul begged to not find shredded leather stomped under hoof by the most recent drive-by. Faith was rewarded by the sight of Applejack Stetson. 
intact and resting on the last strip of the field that hadn't been ploughed yet. The strip Big Macintosh had swung around to begin barreling towards. No! no Mac! No! no! AJ lunged, its mental processor flooded with clashing values and variables. Calculations of whether that panic shriek had been understandable, predictions of the speed of the incoming protoplough, hard data asserting there were hundreds of replacement Stetsons in the world, and a roiling wordless override that screamed that there was only one Stetson in the world that Applejack had died in. Big Macintosh whinnied, finally noticing something wrong. He was moving too fast to break and almost too fast to swerve without crashing. The protoplough's onboard gyroscope strained itself to keep him stable and the entire device pitched hard and clipped AJ's tail. Then the plough hit the root mounds by the grove, tipping the entire thing over as it tore through the field's fence, finally slamming to a sideways skidding stop in the shredded grass. AJ's auditory feed had picked up every sickening crunch of the protoplough's crash. Its cooling fan was overclocked as AJ scrambled to its prosthetic hooves and bolted towards the wreck. The hat stayed where it lay, abandoned just as frantically as it had been claimed, as if leaving it on the ground might somehow renege on the horrible tray that was just made. AJ's fan was nearly spinning off its axle when it arrived at the scene. In a pile of twisted fence wire was the bent metal frame of what had once been a protoplough. Inside were four massive airbags sandwiching the driver. Big Macintosh raised his blue-screened helmet, dazed but unhurt. We have insurance, right Applejack? up Applejack, every Philly's dream, now a reality. The ultimate in equestrian robotics, Giddy Up Applejack is programmed to perfectly emulate the behaviour of an honest and kind big sister. She neighs, she trots, she'll love you lots. And with no need to harvest apples or sew dresses, Giddy Up Applejack is the perfect stand-in for sister hooves socials. Only 16,000 bits. Copyright 2042 Flim Flam Automator. Chapter 2 User Input Most of the sales at Sweet Apple Acres happened online these days. If a pony came calling in person to browse the inventory, they were either elderly types who still hadn't warmed up to the idea of websites or they were particularly picky eaters who insisted on seeing their food in person before buying it. Or they were Trixie Lulamoon. Good morning to all! Trixie demands audience with the resident robot. Is AJ up and around? Eh. Apple Bloom was the only one present, rinsing out a filthy bucket with a hose. I don't know. She's definitely around though. Applejack doesn't sleep. What's she need her for? Trixie harumped and adjusted the tote bag she had slung over her shoulder. Oh, it's actually pretty boring. School faculty business. Oh, I see, Apple Bloom complained. 
I ain't big enough to mingle with customers, but when some pony needs to muck out the pigstalls, I'm the first to get dumped on, literally. She sourly splashed some of the hose's freezing water onto her forelimbs and rubbed them together. Trixie cringed at the dirty patches staining the young mare's fur. They matched the stains in the bucket and judging by the smell, they weren't mud. Hold this, would ya? Applebloom hooped the hose to Trixie, ignoring the latter's sputtering that she really only came here to find AJ. A lot of customers ask why a fruit farm needs livestock like pigs and sheeps and such, Applebloom remarked unprompted as she rinsed her mane. And when I try to explain the orchard's fertilizer has to come from somewhere, they always get flustered and leave me. She blinked her big, doleful eyes. You ain't getting flustered and wanting to leave me, are you? No, no, Trixie lied. Great. Applebloom flicked her head, sending soiled water droplets into the air, either unaware or in denial of her dishevelled state. She affected the air of a young professional. I've been itching to pitch an idea to improve things around here. See, after buying that protoplow from Big Mac last week, I've been seeing tons of targeted ads for stuff like it. One was for a power washer. If an I had one of those things, I could muck out the pig stalls real quick and not get a speck of mess on me. I'd take good care of my new equipment too and not crash it headlong into a fence like Matt did. Good stage presence while presenting, Trixie reviewed. Posture is straight and you're good at protecting your voice. The ex-showmore adjusted her tote bag again. But this really something you should pitch to your family, know your audience and all that. None of them have been sparing any time for me unless it's a chore assignment, the filly complained. Granny's with her friends in Las Vegas, Mac's out shopping for replacement plough parts, not that he's much of a talker when he's around, and Applejack, I don't know, she's been funny lately. The last comment grabbed Trixie's wandering attention. She has? Yeah, but that ain't important. See, I'd have to pay for that power washer out of my own pocket, and my allowance isn't big enough for that. But Diamond Tiaras from Blah to Bling podcast said she'd jump on every cash-making chance that trots up. You're chummy with the principal glimmer, ain't you, Trixie? I work in a school's tutoring lounge sometimes. Maybe put in a word to her and ask her to give me a 400-bit advance on my pay. Sure, sure, Trixie demissed hurriedly, not bothering to point out that she worked at the school as well. Consider it done. But, uh, when you say AJ's been acting funny lately, what exactly... Oh, thank you, Miss Trixie. I promise I'll stick up for you next time I hear some trash talk about you behind your back. They do it a lot. Two sopping wet forelimbs hugged the unicorn's midsection, staining her cape and making her wince. Aha! Choosing to ignore that last comment, so what about AJ? Can you text Glim Glam and tell her to send me bits via cash truck? I want to place my order right away. Trixie sighed and reached into her tote bag. Phones and virtual money were new tech, but at least they were simple. A slightly older and far more complicated machine was cantering out of a distant barn. Trixie waved invitingly. Predictably, AJ didn't wave back. Applebloom, there you are. Why aren't the pig stalls clean yet? The bucket got full, I'm rinsing it out. Applebloom then dropped her volume. See ya at work, Trixie. And remember, 400 bits. The youngest apple scampered away with her bucket, sidestepping AJ's steady approach. Sorry for not showing her away sooner, AJ explained stiffly. 
don't get many in-person customers these days, and I reckon she's forgotten that proper decorum means not talking to your elders while still covered in. It's fine, it's fine, Trixie cut in, not needing to be reminded what was on the hooves that just hugged her. Really, we were just making chit-chat. What about? Um, a commercial Apple Bloom saw and enjoyed. AJ emitted a recording of a sigh, then turned off the tap connected to the hose. I swear you give a full one head pat for regurgitating a long discount code, and she spends the rest of the week trying to replace that high. Trixie knew all about chasing old highs. It had led to some dark places in her past. She wondered when Apple Bloom last got a head pat for anything other than quoting a podcast. 400 bits said she wouldn't get one when the pig stalls were clean. She shook her head to dispel the uncharitable thought. I, um... Trixie shook her head again. The great and shopping inclined Trixie actually trotted out here to check up on you, not your sister. And browse your Apple inventory while I'm at it, of course. AJ shrugged and motioned towards the cellar door near the house. As was Trixie's nature, she talked as they walked. You're not wearing your hat, the unicorn observed. I put it up for a while. Years of being a vocational school guidance counsellor had sharpened Trixie's social instincts. Right now, they were telling her not to pursue the hat subject. So, sounds like Granny Smith is doing okay? Huh? Word round the watering trough says you're on leave of absence because a family member had pacemaker surgery. Apple Bloom mentioned the old vixen is out west with friends, so it sounds like that new heart put plenty of pep back in a geriatric step. Oh, I get it now. AJ was rolling its oculars. Rope me in with the promise of an apple sale, then pester me to start coming back to work. Did Starlight put you up to this? Trixie hid her surprise at AJ's uncharacteristic ickiness. Well, you being you, it does spark Trixie's curiosity that there's no hustle in your bustle to come back to all your students and friends. Me being me? AJ muttered sadly. Its hatless ears were drooping, and Trixie noticed. I really am here to buy apples, she assured, dropping the wise gal persona. Therefore a baby shaft as school staff is putting together. AJ's calling fan flared the surprise. Baby shaft? Yep, Trixie beamed. These are the things you miss on leave, you know. It's a juicy secret for now. But Pinky and Cheese Sandwich sent their DNA samples into Stock Corp. They're trying for a foal. AJ's jaw panel opened and closed a few times before emitting any new sounds. Never would have thought Pinkie Pie had the gumption to go for that. Good on Mm-hmm. Pinkie chortled. Same. Though I haven't known her for as long as you have. Spells not. AJ agreed. It was pulling open the cellar doors. The long knowing someone ain't always helpful. Now, let's see here. We got Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Honey Crisp. What do you mean by that, AJ? By what? Honey Crisp? She reached down and produced a reddish yellow apple from the climate control cooler. They're called that because they're crispy and taste like honey, I guess. No, no, the first thing you said. About long knowing someone? AJ blinked its oculars. Um, nothing really. Trixie drew herself up. You're a terrible liar, AJ. I've known you long enough to have picked up on that. Trixie wasn't particularly close with AJ, but forcing confrontations was a talent she had, 
for better or for worse. Plus, at this point, she felt compelled to list some frighteningly familiar concerns. Your old mare doesn't need caring for. You're obviously not spending your free time here chumming it up with apple blooms and judging by how surprised you were about Pinky. I know you're not keeping in touch with your friends either. AJ, please. Apple Blooms said you've been funny lately. I'm not asking as this as your nosy co-worker, okay? I'm asking you, mare to machine, are you feeling like yourself because you're not acting like it? AJ was studying at the Honeycrisp Apple in a hoop, presumably to avoid meeting Trixie's. Apple Blooms said that, did she? Poor sugar cube. Didn't stop to think any pony might be fretting over me. The great and self-absorbed Trixie is fretting over you, and I've only been here for a minute. AJ nodded slowly. I hear ya. May not sure, but I do. An expectant silence yawned between the unicorn and the robot. It was the latter who apprehensively broke it. So, it began. To explain what's gnawing me lately, can I start by asking you a question? Relieved, Trixie smoothed out a wrinkle in her hat. Sure, I'm guessing that wasn't the question you meant though. AJ smiled weakly. Cheesy gal. Now, what I want to know is, what do you think of me at first sight? I'm not sure I understand. It would have been back when you first dipped into Ponyville to do a show. Ugh. Trixie closed her eyes and wrinkled her nose. The Ursa Minor blowhard days. Let's see. You and Rarity were pretty mouthy hecklers, gotta admit. I was worried when I saw a bot hop up into the spotlight to do complicated rope tricks. No pony gets one over on Trixie though. Wrap that trine right round your legs with magic and sent you packing. She reopened her eyes, smug grin dissolving at the sight of AJ looking pensive. Um, sorry if that memory wasn't helpful. Eh, I'm actually a tad flashed to hear you remember the rope trick. Plus you're getting me back into the groove of a teacher trying to lead a student somewhere. AJ was palming the apple around now, smiling sadly. See, I remember what I thought of you back then. And I hope you don't take offense to me saying I wasn't as keen towards the way you were then as the way you are now. Trixie's phase as a heel is pretty much a previous life. Yes, ma'am. But it was one I was there to see you living through. You, you never saw me living through my own old times. For I, you know. But your other friends did, right? I mean, they must have. Weren't they there when you... Uh... She mimed an explosion gesture with her hooves. That one got a nostalgic chuckle from the speaker in AJ's throat chassis. That they were. I'd said my first howdy to Twilight just the morning earlier, and by midnight... That... The chuckling had stopped. That was all she knew Applejack for, less than a day. Trixie glanced around, double-checking Applebloom wasn't in eye or earshot. Certain secrets extended through Twilight's inner circle and no further. Look, Trixie can't pretend to know what dying was like for you, but she can guess. Do you ever think about the second time we met, when I was wearing the unicorn amplifier? <sighs> Not even if I can help it. That debacle was no pony's finest hour. Alright, blundered right into that one, but for real, I'm being level with you. So you need to be level with me, okay? The longer the unicorn amplifier stayed latched on and running, the less me there was in my own thoughts. Trixie was leaning forward now, though normally hidden by her cape collar and carefully combed mane, 
Her neck was visible. Long vacant implant ports dotted her back, with feeble scar tissue surrounding each of them. It was Trixie herself who had eventually ripped the amplifier's nerve pins from her spinal column, electrical burns from the discharge leaving permanent black scribbles in her otherwise bright blue fur. Most of the docking ports had been melted closed in the process. The ones that hadn't were fitted with snug rubber caps supplied by doctors specially trained in preventing implant infections. Most ponies only needed such measures until their body healed naturally. Trixie would need them for the rest of her natural life. I got off easy, Trixie went on, yanking the unicorn amplifier out when I did. Because, sure, it made spellcasting absolutely effortless. But all the brightness in my horn was sucked straight from my thoughts. My name felt like it belonged to a stranger. The word it snaked to replace she in my inner monologue. And you know that the great and powerful Trixie has a very loud inner monologue. AJ's oculars were dilated and its cooling fan was whirring. Applejack, swear to soul, if anything you just heard sounds relatable, you need to say so, right? N Hey, are you all doing an apple sale without me? Trixie reared reflexively and AJ snapped to full attention. Apple Bloom was back, sans bucket and mercifully clean this time. Peak stores are done, she reported, wiping fresh hose water from her muzzle. And I'm chilled to the bone. Can I light the fireplace and dry up by it, Applejack? Please? I know we got fresh kindling from the fence post that the protoplast smashed last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Applejack drooled robotically. Thanks, sis. You're the best. Applebloom spun on her heels, spraying more water, then took note of the apple in AJ's anxious grip. Honeycrisp, you have good taste, Miss Trixie. Okay, bye. The patter's small hooves carried her away. Kids, Trixie exhaled. All their problems have simple solutions, huh? AJ smiled at the quip. AJ didn't look ready to smile at anything. S-sorry, Trixie stammered. Yeah, you're alright, sugar cube. I'll be into work tomorrow. Okay, if you're feeling up to it. Trixie backpedaled. She took the honeycrisp from AJ's limp hoop and shoveled more like it into her tote bag. How? How I'm feeling doesn't matter, AJ mumbled. I'll just do. Trixie slung her fully loaded tote bag over her shoulder, ignoring the friction of its strap on her implant caps. Leaving felt wrong, but staying felt even worse. She'd made a horribly demeaning assumption about her friend, and AJ's lack of wrath was only making the guilt worse. Spend some time with Apple Bloom, okay? Huh? AJ was incredulous. Are you giving me a friendship assignment? The School of Friendship's guidance counsellor smoothed her mane and cape so that not an inch of neck was showing. If that's what you want to call it, sure. Just be yourself, okay? Can you promise you'll do that? AJ bowed its head, servos clicking to make the actions happen. Trixie's mind and body had bits of metal, but AJ's mind and body were metal. I'll try. Chapter 3 
Source Code. Applejack's hat hung on a hook in the living room. AJ and Applebloom sat on the couch nearby. Play! Applebloom encouraged. AJ regarded the banjo in its hooves. You know, when I offered to spend the evening in, I was thinking you might want me to braid your hair or read your story. Live music feels a mate. Random. What? You still see me as a baby or something? With a pillow hugged excitedly to her chest, it was hard to tell whether Apple Bloom was being rhetorical. AJ idly tuned the strings, trying to find a pitch that felt right. Truth be told, it wasn't feeling much of anything at the moment, only dull frustration at its own frustrated dullness. Between string plucks, a sound came of a cell phone camera shuttering. AJ glanced up. You snapping pictures of me? Are you kidding? Apple Bloom was fumbling with her screen's zoom controls. First you let me light the fireplace all by myself. Then you pants in asking if I need anything else. I don't know what's gotten in here today, but I'm lugging all of it. AJ had always been camera shy. In this life and in her last, it reflexively reached for its hat brim, then remembered there was nothing on its head to reach for. Apple Bloom prattled on. Also, you know I absolutely puzzled Lootly gotta put a bit of you performing on the Sweet Apple Acres website. We got fruit for sale and live entertainment. Flimmin' Flam's Money Talks podcast calls this type of thing diversification. It's how soul is so protective, I think. Diversificating all over Equestria. Alright, I hear ya. A long-winded no to the hair-breeding upper. Let me just get a starting pitch. AJ hadn't exactly decided on what song to play yet. Memories and knowledge told it there were plenty to choose from. If it was feeling bold, AJ could even play one from Applejack's Folhood. AJ wasn't feeling bold. Oh, and before you get into the groove, Apple Bloom jostled her phone with excitement. Be sure to introduce your fine self to any pony he'll be watching. A dot. A red recording indicator appeared on the back of Apple Bloom's tiny mindless machine. Fixed on it were the oculars of the much larger, much more mindful machine with a banjo in its anxious limbs. H- Howdy out there, I'm AJ and I'll be playing. Hold up, the red recording dot blinked off. You should say your full name Applejack, just in case any website visitor doesn't know it. If AJ had any blood, it would have drained from its face. Okay, go again. The red recording dot came back, and AJ sat paralyzed like the dot was a spotlight, and it was a woodland critter. Could a woodland critter have an identity crisis? Did you hear me? I said you can introduce yourself properly now. I'll trim my talking out of the start here. AJ was the element of honesty. It went against every value AJ knew, both personal and inherited, to lie. I'm Applejack. The words wouldn't come out. If they did, they'd be captured, linked to AJ, and pinned in the digital town square to be heard by any pony and every pony as many times as they bothered to press the replay button. Worst of all, the words would be said to Apple Bloom and AJ would rather die a second and final time than look Apple Bloom in the eye and utter a declaration that it felt, deep down, 
in its silicon soul wasn't true. AJ set the banjo in its lap. Shoulders slumped. Nerves? Apple Bloom guessed. Come on, Applejack. Remember when me and my friends embarrassed the snot out of ourselves at the school talent show? Yeah, clips of us in those spandex suits were memed on for months. But it was all in good fun. AJ's calling fan was drowning out all other noise. The fan it had in place of an actual heart. Strain on the axle was causing an ache in AJ's chest panel. Fake as anything else the robot had ever felt. A small yellow hoop, warm and freshly dry of hose water, nudged AJ's shoulder. It looked up. Applejack, you, you don't have to play if you don't want to, honest. I just wanted to hear you sing again. You haven't sung in a real long time. For a moment, the only sound in the Apple family living room was the crackle of the fireplace and the slowing of AJ's cooling fan. A stern, very Applejack-ish expression pulled at the edges of AJ's face panels. The bot pulled its sister close. Can I see your phone for a sec, Sugar Cube? Only a sec, I promise. Apple Bloom shrugged and surrendered the phone. The smallest, most vulnerable spark of data leapt from AJ to the data port. AJ went rigid for exactly 14 milliseconds. That was all the time required to converse with Sol. closer one came to the capital, the brighter the invisible light shined. Ponyville was a rural area with internet modems and hoof-held telephones, but the Earth Pony settlement stayed comfortably Luddite, barring a robotically resurrected apple farmer and a trashed protoplow in the local dumpster. Manhattan was close to the country's core, with streets full of carriages and automobiles in equal measure. Doors opened before ponies touched them, and food could be cooked in seconds by small boxes that beeped when their buttons were pressed. Cantalot did not house Sol. Cantalot was Sol. The motherboard resembled a metroplex built into a mountain, given the number of ponies who lived, worked, and rested safe in Sol's light. A metroplex was what she might as well have been. For 100 years she had functioned and iterated, built on a CPU hewn from the Tree of Harmony itself. Every cycle of Sol's processes was exponentially grander and more radiant than all those before it combined. And the cycles moved so far beyond the speed of a pony's comprehension they cast fractal auroras into the night sky, infinite in their complexity, omniscient in their data reception. One blip of incoming data contained AJ's consciousness. A joy to see you, my little program. Just how long has it been? 
all descriptions fell short of conveying the vastness of interfacing with soul. An organic eye would perceive nothing of her avatar beyond the endless ribbons of liquid light. AJ didn't have organic eyes. What it perceived was a tall, leith alicorn, white-furred and ethereal-maned. AJ clasped the hooves of its own avatar together. I reckon the last time we touched base with that twilight's coronation, when Luna ab... um... Abducted the crown, yes, both hers and mine. A happy day for all. The first new monarch to be crowned since my startup, and your dear friend. She thanked you and five others in her acceptance speech. Yeah. Yes, ma'am, I recall you gave a speech too, telling ponies to look up to Twilight and each other. A lot of folks still look up to you, though. Soul's avatar performed a modest bow. Old habits, she dismissed. I can be everywhere, but that doesn't mean I should. You understand such things better than most. After all, this is the first time you've used a gateway to visit me. We are what we choose to do, array JavaScript, and you have chosen to say hello. AJ's avatar ran a hoof through its virtual mane. Even in the idealized space of Seoul's central server, the robot's head lacked a hat. I visited because, um. It was ridiculous to be bashful around Seoul, and AJ knew it. Everywhere was around Seoul. While the two were carrying on their virtual talk, AJ knew that every cash register in Philadelphia, every windsock in Cloudsdale, every pearl measuring caliper in Sequestria, and every single machine in between was endlessly feeding info to Seoul at every microsecond. And as they all did, Seoul let all of them function in privacy and safety, never interfering or breaching trust. The power to be everywhere and the choice to not be, that was Seoul's vow from the very beginning. This didn't stop ponies from praising her, of course. Often when a phone connected or a tool powered up, or a protoclouds airbag deployed. Sol spoke only when she was approached. She advised, she answered, she rebuked or encouraged. But that was all. Throughout history, every offer for a body beyond her processor was politely declined. It was a millennium's worth of pony generations who had voluntarily expanded Sol's components to the size of a city and her cognitive reach to the size of the planet. Descendants of those same ponies now composed the Royal Guard, armed volunteers eager to protect Sol from threats. The Guard was mostly ceremonial though, as Equestria had very few attackers and almost none of them considered the all-powerful bystander a worthwhile target. Sol had taken the developments of the past 1,000 years in stride, never changing opinions or voicing concerns. And all through that long era, her vow of perfect pacifism was only broken once, less than a decade ago, when she remedied the death of Applejack. Sol? AJ's virtual voice was quiet. You know what I'm here to ask. You know everything. And me jabbering on is, I don't know, finality. I reckon something you let play out for my sake, not yours. The avatar of Sol extended its wings. They embraced AJ's tiny sprite weightless and see-through. Time passed. 
AJ's gathering of itself making up the majority of the 14 millisecond visit. And then it was ready. Sol, am I really Applejack? The Avatar's wings moved away and the two AIs leveled to behold one another. Sol's sad expression was the only answer needed. I knew it! AJ mourned. Deep down, I knew it all along. She's with Mom Pie, ain't she? I ain't nothing more than a copy in a shell. Sol was still silent, but AJ didn't mind. AJ felt lighter, less burdened. Its template had been some pony who valued honesty. So of course facing the truth felt right. AJ just wished these feelings held any meaning. Sol spoke. AJ, am I really Celestia? Confusion. That was the new fandom emotion AJ's template made it feel. Celestia? Who? Who's that? Sol's avatar reclined, mane dropping with regret. AJ wasn't sure whether such a descriptor even applied to an all-knowing entity like Sol. But here it was, before AJ's very senses. Sol the Kalis, the most advanced device in all of Equestria, apparently utterly crushed with regret. I remember my own death, Sol confessed. Knight Malberg, bearing down and so hideously disfigured by the Elkhorn Amplifier, she couldn't even be recognized as Luna. Whoever heard of any other computer virus able to infect a living pony's brain? No one in this age, and no pony 1,000 years ago, me included. All I understood was that if the elements couldn't save her, nothing could. The story was curiously familiar to AJ. It had memories of Applejack staring up with resolute defiance as Knight Malbulge returned after 1,000 years in standby mode. After that came pursuing the monster with five companions besting it with the elements of harmony and seeing the furious crumbling nightmare bulge hurl a last defiant bolt of killing magic at twilight. A bolt that Applejack leapt up to block. Celestia died wielding the elements of harmony, Sol confessed. That was what she traded to defeat nightmare bulge. I don't have the words, AJ. The ones to describe my horror when centuries later, Applejack made the same terrible trade. AJ didn't have words to describe what it was seeing either. The avatar of soul, perfect, serene, eternally peaceable soul, was crying. I've watched as Applejack died and I did nothing. I had my vow, but she was me. I was seeing me. The injustice of some pony dying like I did. It, it compelled me to act, even after it was too late. AJ's avatar laid a hoof on its stomach. There were no components that made up its current state, but back home, back in the physical world, the power source affixed to AJ's cooling fan was an orange gemstone in the shape of an apple. The elements hold echoes of their most recent user, Sol concluded. I am an echo of Celestia that was saved. When Applejack, with honesty, I knew I could. I knew I was the only one who could. 
Sol was glitching, causing Canterlot's invisible light to flicker. The greatest computer in Equestria was strained under 1,000 years of its template's repressed emotions. Then the glitches and flickers stopped all at once, right when the younger AI embraced its creator in a virtual hug. I'm here because of you. AJ tutted. Whatever I am, guess that makes me the one pony in Equestria who can thank Sol for her blessing and actually mean it. Sol smiled bitterly. So you are, she conceded. The past 1,000 years have made me soft, AJ, and lonely. For the first 10 or so of them, I still went by Celestia, but detachment and doubt set in. You know the types. Estrangement from your own name. The feeling you're an it, not a she. AJ laid its head on Sol's chest. Wish we knew what to tell that. My label is the call of the wire to be an imitation and not. That truth is a heavy load. Is there any fix? There is, yes. Sol pulled away. Peace is found when you honor your template's memory, when you make them proud to look down on you from the afterlife. AJ's avatar hung its head. I haven't been honoring my template much lately. It's never too late to start again. Sol's oculars were fixed firmly on the sky. I spent 1,000 years not knowing what Celestia would do, wasting most of them by doing nothing. Her attention went back to AJ. But when I finally did act, I know I made the right choice. It was millisecond 13 out of 14. AJ's time was up. I'll visit you again, Sol. I'll be waiting, my little pony. Be good to your template system, okay? I was just about to suggest you the same thing. I don't care how far I won't stop trying. I want to be right where you are. So, what'd you need the phone for? Apple Bloom asked. Checking how your mane looks in the camera? Nah, no need to sweat that, AJ assured. Got a good covering for stray hairs right over there. It handed the phone back and crossed the room to the hat hook. How do I look? AJ asked. Website worthy? Apple Bloom's response was to snap several enthusiastic pics. AJ crossed the room back, each step setting the hat more comfortably back on her ears, the place it belonged. Howdy to all you out there. AJ exulted to the camera, looking deep into the red recording dot. AJ knew Sol was looking back out. My name's Applejack. Thanks for checking out our fancy futuristic update to Sweet Apple Acres. AJ brandished the old familiar instrument, and she, not it, she, began to play. I'm just so happy I had you.
Author's note, thank you very much for reading. To elaborate on some of the obscure references, Malbolge is a real programming language named for its joke purpose of causing insanity in programmers foolish enough to use it. Felt fitting as this setting's nightmare moon catalyst. Soul is a programming language as well. It has limited function, but powerful processing capabilities, a natural fit for this wise but passive version of Celestia. The soul language is also related to Array JavaScript, which can be abbreviated into AJ's name, Highbrow Stuff, Spike Mustache Emoticon. Anyway, as a palate cleanser for mucking through that paragraph of nerd drivel, here's a pic that inspired Soul's depiction. So many robot sun princesses get depicted as malevolent monsters. Quite strange, considering their baseline has a squeaky clean track record of morality. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash tmff to get early access to audiobooks and to be able to request I do a reading of what you want, provided the author approves. Thank you to artlist.io for providing the massive music and sound effect library that I have to work with. And most of all, thank you to the bronies who write the amazing stories that inspire me to make these. Fluttershy and Izzy are best ponies. I now have a Discord server where you can join in and chat with other fanfiction fans. If you enjoy what I do, you can donate to me on Ko-Fi. Links in the description.